Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we are going to talk to Jeff Gray, who just re-signed with the Blue Bombers offensive lineman who likes to cook. Also, Nolan Baumgartner, former Manitoba Moose captain, will be going to Beijing, assistant coach for the men's Olympic hockey team for Canada. He talks with our Kelly Moore on the podcast. Over the weekend, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers announced the extension of Canadian linebacker Jesse Briggs. That was yesterday and today, another signing. It's Jeff Gray, Winnipeg's own offensive lineman, a two-year extension for the 27-year-old, and he joins us now on the CJOB Sports Show. Jeff, welcome on the show. Congrats on the new contract. Hey, thanks very much. Was there any thought at all of testing free agency, or was it always going to be you wanting to stay here in Winnipeg? No, I was never really too concerned about going anywhere else. I'm, I'm really happy with the organization and being from here as well. Uh, just being at home, playing around friends and family and everything. Uh, it's really just, it, I'm lucky enough to have that situation in the first place. And uh, like I said, really happy with the organization. So no real desire to go anywhere else. Well, when you've got a couple of Grey Cup rings in your last two seasons, hard to hard to want to play anywhere else, right? Yeah, that's definitely definitely a factor right there. It's not not too often that you're able to do that in your career. So definitely a special team and something you want to keep coming forward. Now you signed a two year extension. I know a lot of players are signing one year extensions. What was the rationale for you to, to lock up for a couple seasons? Well, I think it's a number of things, number of factors for different guys, but I think for me, being a little bit younger, I mean, you're more likely to get a single-year contract a little later in your career. As well, I am committed to being here long-term. Not that guys on one-year deals aren't, but uh, just especially for me, being the hometown, I, I'm happy to be here for locked up for as long as I can. Now, you didn't address as much this past season as you did in 2019. How did you feel about that adjustment in your playing time? It was definitely different, but uh, everything was a little bit of getting used to, right, coming back from the year off, the COVID year. So it, no matter what, the season had a bit of a different feel. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I was on the field for the Grey Cup. So that was that was a really great experience. And I feel like I was a better player at the end of the year than I was at the start. So I'm, I'm happy with how the year went overall. And the reality is that offensive line was really, really healthy for pretty much the entire season. So you're there in case you need you were needed, but you know, knock on wood, everyone was in good shape. So that that's a that's a plus for your team. Yeah, I think uh, I think we probably I don't know for a fact, but yeah, I, don't, I think we had probably the least guys miss games for for injuries or anything like that. So overall, we were uh, healthy on the offensive line, which is always good. I think it's a team as, as a whole. You know, we stay pretty healthy, which I think is just credit to all the guys training through COVID and all that and being ready for camp and just how we did camp, how Ocean and everyone, the coaches and everything, had a, had a good plan for training camp to get guys healthy going into the year. So I think all those things contributed to that. One of your fellow offensive linemen, Drew Dejarle, has been getting a lot of looks in the States. Have you talked to him at all about your time in the NFL to help him prepare for going down south? 
Yeah, um, we we do talk a decent bit. It's not like uh, he isn't prepared or anything, so there's no real secrets or insight I have, but it's definitely definitely good to kind of get some of the little uh, details, nuances, kind of the things that they're looking for in the workouts and stuff like that. So I wish him the best of luck, and I think he'll be he'll be successful down there. You played for the Packers, the Jets, uh, and the Browns. You spent time with those teams. Do you have a rooting interest in the NFL at all? Do you care who who wins the Super Bowl? Are you partial to the Packers at all? I couldn't care less who wins the Super Bowl. Okay. I'm a Vikings yeah, fan, yeah. so that's how I feel too. So there you go. Uh, there you go. Uh, I was reading on BlueBombers.com. You did a, an interview with Ed Tate uh, about your signing, and I learned something I didn't know. You prepare big feasts for your fellow offensive linemen before games? Sure do. Um, it started a couple of years ago, and uh, it kind of just it caught on. And, yeah, I think everyone enjoys it. And uh, I enjoy it as well. Like, I like to cook and everything. So I think the – tough to say what the favorite was from this year, the, the overnight braised short ribs. I think that was up there. Uh, Doritos pulled pork nachos. I think I had some – I had some memorable meals over the year. Do they come over and they feast at your place, or do you bring it to the stadium? How does it work? Yeah, so generally uh, two days before the game, for the home game, everyone will come over to my place, and then uh, they'll chip in for food and stuff, and then, yeah, we'll just have a have a dinner, hang out, you know, watch if there's a game on or whatever, kind of hang out and eat, and I think it's good for for everyone, like, in terms of, you know, camaraderie and whatnot. So it's a good time. Do you get a lot of compliments from uh, the other players about your cooking? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, compliments. Some people get a little jealous, you know, of then the things I'm, they find out what I've been cooking during the week or, <laughs> or whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I've had a few people ask me to cook for them and whatnot. So it's definitely a, a hobby of mine. Is that something that you've always enjoyed cooking and cooking for other people? Or is that more of a recent discovery? Um, like as, as a kid growing up, like my mom was a great cook. Food was always a thing for our family. And just as I've been, was living on my own, you're going to naturally cook for yourself more. It wasn't like I didn't cook as a kid, but you know, only so much. Right. And just as you do it every day and then you just get better at it and it's more practice. So looking, uh, one last question on, on the cooking front, uh, when you're on your own, what's your go-to thing to make for yourself? Ah, uh, it's a tough question because I never, I never really happen to make the same thing twice. Uh, my wife is shouting pasta from the background. <laughs> uh, it, I was went on a bit of a pasta kick this uh, the past off season there over the COVID, uh, doing different funky pastas, handmade pastas and like stuffed ones. Um, but like I said, I don't really have one one go to meal. I kind of, I just like to kind of you know, go on the inspiration of the day or if I see something that catches my eye or realistically if you're trying to use up something in the freezer or something like that. Well, now I'm very hungry and I think a lot of our listeners probably are as well. They're going to go home or turn off the radio, go have themselves a, a, a look up on the internet to find some kind of great recipe. Maybe you should put together a recipe book they can sell in the bomber yeah, store. Yeah, there's been talks... Uh, with uh, Riley, one of the media guys, doing a little cooking segment this off season, so we'll see what pans out. 
Well, we'll look forward to that. What else do you have going in the off season? What does your training off season regiment look like? Uh, just getting back to the gym. Um, typically, uh, four days a week is what I'm looking at. Just getting back to lifting again. And uh, once things get a little nicer out, maybe some time on the field. But it will be a little bit different with being a, a short off season with how the season uh, was was pushed back to the schedule and then going late into the year. So it'll be a bit of a tight turnaround uh, to get ready for next year. But hopefully, hopefully we're good in terms of getting into the indoor field. There's no COVID restrictions or anything like that through the winter. So that's so the off season. Go smoother. The off season shortened by about a month then ish. Yeah, I think because normally the Grey Cup got pushed back. Well, I believe two weeks, two weeks from what it would normally be. Yeah, so, yeah, two, two and a half weeks. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a little bit shorter. Plus, within like the year off in between, so you're kind of a little bit out of your rhythm. Fair enough. All right. So, are you paying close attention to the uh, the all the signings your team has made so far? Yeah, it's good to see a lot of guys back, and uh, hope to see a few more coming up. All right, we'll be paying close attention. Jeff, congrats again on the new deal. Enjoy all the the meals you'll be making, and we'll talk to you again when the season gets closer. All right, thanks a lot. Good talking to you. As Jeff Gray, Winnipeg Blue Bombers offensive lineman, who has signed a two-year contract extension. He's from Winnipeg, went to the U of M, down to the NFL for a little bit before coming to the Bombers full-time in late August of 2018, and an avid cooker. And I definitely... Now want some braised ribs. The Canadian Olympic hockey team management and coaching staff was announced Friday. And in addition to former Jet 1.0 first round pick Shane Doan being named the team general manager, ex-Manitoba Moose captain Nolan Baumgartner will serve as an assistant to head coach Claude Julien. Earlier today, our sports director Kelly Moore caught up with the two-time World Junior gold medal champion from his home in Vancouver. Congratulations, first off. Uh, uh, this has to be just a, a, a terrific way uh, for you to uh, get back into the game of hockey after some unfortunate circumstances in Vancouver just before Christmas. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think it's uh, when I got the call, it was uh, it was shocking at first, and then uh, you know, just a, a huge honor to to be able to go. Um, not only to just the tournament, but the Olympic Games to represent your country of Canada. Um, it's a dream for a lot of athletes out there and a lot of uh, staff and coaches to to get to the Games and to get that call uh, to be able to participate. And this is something uh, very special. I mean, I still took a few days to sink in and just still pinching myself. Like I can't believe that it's it's coming up on uh, you know us departing and starting to get the team together and get over there. Um, pretty exciting. So how did this all come about? Uh, uh, you know, was the phone call from Claude Julien? Was it from Tom Rennie? Was it from Shane Doan? Uh, how did, how did this come together for Nolan Baumgartner? Well, uh, the, the call came from Shane Doan. Uh, he had called me, um, right. Uh, basically after I got let go, let go here in Vancouver, uh, maybe about a week later and, uh, they were looking for to put together a staff for the uh, Spangler Cup, and um, so he asked me if I want to do that. Uh, Claude Julian had already uh, committed as the head coach, and Jeremy Colleton from Chicago, uh, that was also let go earlier this year, 
uh, was the other assistant. So I was right on board with that. I was excited. The Spangler Cup's a, a very historic tournament uh, there in Switzerland, and I was excited to go. But unfortunately, that got cancelled, and uh, we had a little bit of an inkling that if the NHL pulled out of the Olympics that uh, we might be the staffs uh, to go there. And then uh, right after the the news came down that the NHLers weren't going, um, I got the call again from Shane asking if I wanted to represent Canada at the Olympics. And, uh, of course, before he even got that out of his mouth, that was a yes. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't think at least anyway, that you have a, a template uh, for coaching international hockey. Uh, so what are you envisioning the difference, Nolan, for your role being in a setting like this, say, compared to, you know, when you were an assistant coach uh, with the Canucks? Well, it's going to be uh, a little bit different, I guess, but I, I think the, you know, what it all comes down to, it, it's it's hockey. It's the game of hockey. Um, we're going there with a system and, uh, in place for our players, uh, everybody's played. You know, a lot of the systems that that we play in hockey, uh, their whole career uh, growing up. So, I don't think it's gonna be anything for, new for them. I know that we're we're gonna be playing on NHL size ice over there. So uh, nothing's really changing in that uh, aspect. Over it's just that we're uh, obviously we want to be the best uh, at our system and and uh, you know going out there and having the will. Uh, the will to win every night and, and then hopefully at the end uh, we have that gold medal around our neck so how much then nolan will it be uh when you go to training camp in devos switzerland how much of that will be players who fit into that system as opposed to players who are available because the pool isn't what it would have been if nhlers were playing well, there, there is a lot. I mean, there's a, a lot of good hockey players that are playing overseas that uh, have a wealth of experience. Um, there's some younger guys that are uh, really good um, up-and-comers in the game. Uh, they're just not playing over here. And uh, these guys are all Canadian. They want to represent their country. Um, you know, there's there was a list of probably about a hundred guys on the list and we had to whittle that down and we watched a ton of video on all these players and to see how they were doing and what they brought to the table. And, and uh, we all had input on this right down, you know, from Scott Salmon to Tom Rennie uh, from Shane through the coaches. And, and uh, you know, we've come down to having to make some tough decisions uh, in the end, but, uh, it's going to be a, the decisions that we made, or we think is going to be the best, the best players to go over there, uh, not only to win the gold medal, but to represent our country in a, in a great way. So the guys who come to training camp in Davos, Switzerland, will that basically be the team, Nolan, or or will you bring in a few extras? I mean, let's face it, in this day and age, you have to have these so-called taxi squads for COVID. So would that also factor into the player recruitment? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, going over to the Olympics, I think you can take 25, 25 guys. We're bringing 30 to Switzerland. So uh, there'll be some decisions to be made there. Uh, we're going to have a small little training camp there, see how the guys are looking. And then uh, we'll take that final group to China. And then uh, there will be some guys that are, basically going to like you said a taxi squad kind of uh reserves i guess as you will 
And if anything happens over in China, um, us and every other team have the ability to bring somebody else in uh, if they can get there without, you know, having COVID, obviously. Former Manitoba Moose captain uh, Nolan Baumgartner, our guest, uh, and uh, named to the uh, Canadian uh, Olympic hockey team coaching staff. And if people are wondering, well, Kelly, ask them. Ask them about the players. Who are the players? Uh they're not going to be named. I think it's January 20th, uh, if I remember correctly from the uh, uh, the Zoom call on Friday. That's when the uh, the identities of the players will be rolled out. But I have to tell you, Nolan, there was, I don't know who the creative guy was on uh, Twitter uh, back on Friday when they announced the coaching staff, but there were about three or four different Team Canada lineups that were rolled out when I saw and, and bless his heart, Freddie Brathwaite, I uh, did the play-by-play for the Moose when he was 10 and goal for them, but 49 years old, going to the Olympics, uh, I, uh, I I didn't think so, but did did, uh, <laughs> did did you and your fellow coaches get as good a laugh out of that as some of us did? Yeah, we got a pretty good chuckle out of that. I was pretty creative. Uh, well, if Freddie was there, I would have to rib him because he, uh, I scored my first NHL goal on Freddie, so that would have been good to have him there. Oh, no kidding, <laughs> um, but even, I mean, if you look at that, the one that came out that had some, uh, actually had some pretty good players. So if it was maybe 10 years ago, yeah, hey, yeah. we could take that team too. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, they, they, I, without naming names, I mean, it's probably going to be a mix. You talked about those European pros, uh, but there are some young guys who I presume would be made available uh, for uh, an experience like this. So a, a blend of young guys and veterans, is that what we're going to be kind of looking at come January 20th? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and like I said before, it's uh, it, it came. it's coming down to some – some really tough decisions for the staff um, and uh, those players that were on that list and that we've looked at, um, you know, I think it's even just for them, it's, it's a great honor if they don't make the team just to even be recognized to be on that list to actually have a shot at being on the Olympic team. I think they should take it as that also because um, when it comes down to it, it was, it's, it's a tough, it, there's some tough decisions that have to be made uh, with these players. So, like you said, it is going to be some. There's going to be some young guys. We're going to have some uh, older veteran guys, some guys that have uh, played many years and have a wealth of experience of uh, hockey over here in North America, NHL, American League, and then uh, their experiences over uh, on the international side of it. So, um, like I said, we we think that we're going to, you know, we're taking the best guys that we think that can uh, not only win the gold medal, but definitely represent our country uh with pride yeah and and you want it to be tough decisions if they were easy decisions uh, i i i don't like your chances for the gold medal to be quite blunt with you so uh, i'm i'm uh, uh it's it's encouraging to hear that it's been as difficult a process as it has been uh, just before we let you go nolan uh i have to ask you have you ever been to china before I actually, yes, I've, uh, it was my, I believe my first year, uh, coaching here with the Canucks. We went over with the uh, LA Kings and did that a uh, little bit of a, there was uh, played two games over in, uh, in China. We were in Shanghai for one and Beijing for the other. So, um, five years ago, I got to go over there. It's a, it's a beautiful country. It was a great trip. Uh, it was a whirlwind because we were only there for about six days and I had to play two hockey games and it, um, takes a while to get over there uh, to China, but uh, really looking forward to going back and 
and uh, participating in, uh, you know, it's the Winter Olympics, um, the Olympic Games. So uh, very excited, uh, humbled and honored to be able to go over and and, uh, represent our country over there. I don't know if the other coaches have been there before, so I would imagine that, uh, you know, there's that old uh, saying in hockey, act like you've been there before. You have, so (laughs) you you might become the unofficial tour guide. Oh, yeah, that's right. I can can lead them in the right direction over there, that's for sure. Yeah. Hey, Nolan, uh, so happy for you. uh, It's going to be a fantastic experience, obviously, but uh, more importantly, and you've worn the Maple Leaf before, so you know – how special uh, that is uh, to, to represent the country. So uh, uh, nothing but the best of success to you and Claude and the rest of the gang there. Well, I appreciate that, Kelly. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course. That is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell, until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that they should come to this. Place.